It's up to you as a freelancer to be responsible for your schedule and to be responsible for your time. And Attention, Attention all freelancers. freelancers. Hello and welcome to the Attention Podcast where we dive into the raw realities of being a full-time freelancer. Join us as we navigate our own freelance adventures in the hopes of passing on some wisdom and insight to you. We're your hosts, Amelia. And I'm Taisha. Both full-time design freelancers. So without further delay, let's, let's get, get started. started. Welcome to this week's episode of the Attention Podcast. We are on episode eight now. My God, can you believe it? We are having a lovely Saturday, having a little catch up whilst we record the episode. And this week we are talking about balance and boundaries. Because it's hard, right? Like when you are getting started in your business or just in life in general, you want to please people. You might be a people pleaser in general like me, um, but you do need to find a way to look after yourself. To setting boundaries is essential to not losing your mind in life as well as business. Mm-hmm, Thoughts. Totally. Amelia Nash. Yeah, I mean, it's it's so challenging as a freelancer sometimes because we, like, it's just us, you know? Like, I am Amelia also running my business. <laughs> so it can be difficult at times to set up balance and boundaries for yourself and for your business because oftentimes it's something that you've never really had to do before, right? Like when you're working a nine to five, you go to work at nine, you come home at five and you know that that's like, boom, that is my chunk of work time. And now I come home and I, you know, binge Bridgerton or whatever. Um, But (laughs) for, you know, seven or eight hours, (laughs) seven, eight or eight hours of Netflix, do not recommend that is not healthy. But anyways, um, so it's really important to to create that balance and boundaries within your business life and your personal life because when you're a freelancer the two the two intermingle right the two are one essentially you don't always have a distinct uh okay five o'clock hits and I'm off work time now so so creating those balance and boundaries is so key and so important to stay sane absolutely but also on the flip side of that creating those balance and those and the boundaries within your personal life and your business are key to signify and signal to other people that you are professional, right? This is your business. This is your livelihood and to take you seriously. Because sometimes if we don't have those clear boundaries set in place, people will walk all over us. Yeah, it's it's so important to have those boundaries so people don't take advantage of you because people absolutely will. Um, I'd say one big thing to never do is give your personal phone number out to your clients never do it even if you've got the best intentions for it please don't do it keep things either to a specific messaging platform where you have that separation or have it strictly email so you can have that professional side of it because if someone has access to you all the time they will use that access um so it's just a way to protect yourself and your sanity as well having that separation of okay i'm on the clock now now i'm available to my clients this is when i will accept messages from them it will just help you clear your mind 
and not feel pressured to deliver outside of you know set work hours or whatever your system is and I think one way to do that and set those boundaries with your clients is to have a really solid onboarding process which we talked about a couple of episodes ago and something that I personally need to work on as well because I've I'm I'm speaking from experience like I've given clients my personal phone number and then I get annoyed when I get whatsapp messages come through or video calls and I'm just like this is my personal number I'm I'm not working right now you don't have access to me but I've given them access to me and they think it's okay and it's no fault of theirs specifically it's mine because I should have a process in place to set those professional boundaries and like you said don't make yourself available all the time so having an onboarding process where once they've signed their um their invoice and their contract and everything and just say hey this is when I work these are my working hours this is how you can get hold of me this is when I will aim to get back to you by I think that kind of thing is really critical to yeah having those boundaries but keeping that professionalism at the forefront as well Mm -hmm. totally and if you don't have uh if you don't have separate phone numbers um because I like I don't I have obviously my personal number is also my business number um one way you can kind of help set up those boundaries and mitigate mitigate not just leeching all of your client work into your personal work is is you have to be really uh strict with with answering calls and that kind of stuff too. So if, if clients do have your, your, like you have the one number and your clients do have that number, uh, it's, it's can be challenging because you want to be of service to everyone. You want to like bend over backwards and help your clients and, and, you know, help them succeed with things. So it can be really tempting not to pick up a phone call if it's your client calling, but if it's outside of your business hours and your client is calling, don't answer the phone let it it's go to really voicemail oh it's so especially ch- mm-hmm. especially if you have like the number of like notifications come up on your phone and you have like any sort of ocd or whatever and you need to have those numbers cleared having that sat there and knowing that like oh god i really want that number to be gone that's when it's hard um and i've had it as well when i've had messages come through really late and i've answered them and then i've kicked myself because i'm like i could have just left that to the morning like other people in their jobs when they're off the clock they're off the clock like your clients if they work in you know any kind of business they're done when they're done Mm -hmm. so why should we as designers and creatives make ourselves available to people outside of you know norms social norms like no you can't get hold of me at nine o'clock at night on what planet is that okay so why do we do it (laughs) i think we do it because it's it's part of those expectations that are kind of just rampant in the industry right where when someone hires you as a freelancer they don't look at you as a business they look at you as a freelancer they look at you as an individual you know which totally has its pros and cons because on the one hand you can develop those personal connections with your client you know you you're handling all of their accounts and like you you just you know that project to a T. That's the beauty of working with a freelancer is that one-to-one in-depth work. But the flip side to that though is they, you know, they can't see the forest through the trees, so to speak, where they're like, oh, it's, you know, it's my designer Amelia, you know? It's not it's not like, oh, this is this is a woman running her business. This is my this is my pal, this is my designer Amelia. And and so it's up to us to be the forefront of those boundaries where yeah if your business hours are are over at 4 p.m and a client calls after 4 p.m 
do not answer the call. Let it go to voicemail and then listen to the voicemail. And if it is urgent, if it is something you have capacity to handle, then handle it. If not, that's a tomorrow problem, you know, but it's just that 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 gray area can be so challenging for us because A, we want to help. We do have those personal client relationships, but we have to be the we have to be like the f- the first guard of our of our business because exactly that if we just let people walk all over us then and we don't set those boundaries for our business and our profession then this assumption is going to just continue to run rampant where oh she you know she's available 24/7 and no i'm not like i have a life i'd like to think <laughs> I think we spoke before outside of the podcast about like if you if you want a client to be able to have access to you 24 7 they need to pay for that privilege mm-hmm. and like okay they might not want to spend that much money so you you say okay you can either have access to me whenever and I can get back to you as a priority client priority work you can pay x amount or you can just be like every other client that I have and I think that's the other thing is that clients don't always realize you have other work to do like they're not your one all be all you could be juggling like three four projects at a time and they're blowing up your phone like why aren't you getting back to me you know hypothetically it's like okay well I'm doing all this other stuff I am one person when you're a freelancer you might just have yourself Mm -hmm. so you have to find ways to communicate that like okay I have other work and um you know manage those expectations that you know you're not available all the time to someone yeah exactly and those conversations are so critical when you like you mentioned onboard a client letting them know Mm -hmm. what your work hours are uh when they can get a hold of you how they can get a hold of you and I think if you're if you're super upfront about that right away and like super clear in your messaging with your clients, there's there's not often issues. Like if you're if you're upfront about that from the start, your clients typically will respect that. And if they don't, again, that falls back onto your shoulders to be strict about it and to be firm about it and to not bend. You know, um, I think that the whole VIP pricing is really really clever. Uh, because there are some clients that are a little bit needier than others. And there are some clients where you can't say to them, well, look, my VP, my VP, VIP prices are, are this where, you know, people are paying this get, you know, that extra access to me or whatever. But yeah, I think just bar none being really upfront during onboarding with our clients about the balance, the boundaries and the hours that we have in place just sets that up for like that healthy professional working environment and that professional healthy relationship with our clients and then and then I think if everyone starts doing that more and more over time that whole industry kind of standard or whatever where they feel like you're they're hiring like a personal design assistant so to speak and not not like a like a business you know which is where the challenges but I think those are really really important to set up and then you just have to have the strength to actually stick to your guns and do it (laughs) you know and yeah time to time you'll slip up but yeah totally and I was just thinking that like I always I'm still I'm getting better at it now but I have difficulty in you know standing my ground with those things I don't want to have the awkward conversations I don't want to look like a dick and be like okay I'm not responding to this right now or whatever so I think having that process in place will prevent any awkward or difficult conversations for you 
and it just removes so much of like the anxiety sometimes when you're first starting out of having to be available all the time so if you just obviously have that process in place it just removes awkwardness and difficult situations in the future mm-hmm. yeah absolutely absolutely I think as well, another difficult thing when you're a freelancer is when you're first starting out trying to get experience, you might fall into working with friends and family and that can be another difficult area because they have access to you. They're not like a client where you can say, just contact me by email. They have your personal number. You might live with them or see them all the time. So that's another difficult thing when you're first starting out because, of course, you want the experience but also don't want let, want to let people take advantage of you because you could have a, a logo um, a logo package for X amount and your family's like, oh, could you just do it for 100 quid or less, you know, or a lot less? And you feel, like, inclined to do it because they're your family and I don't know, like, how do you think people can, like, tackle that difficult situation? Oh, boy. Well, there's so many, there's so many different ways you can handle it, to be honest. Um, I also think that the friends and family uh, model is very bittersweet because with friends and family, you get a lot of really great referrals. You get a lot of really great references and, like, testimonials because your friends and family are going to, you know praise your praise you know praise you to the high heavens type thing but but those absolutely are the types of clients where you give them an inch they take a mile type thing and they they don't understand as clearly the boundaries up front because like you said they're friends and family so I think a couple ways to manage like a friends and family project is gonna be personal to you obviously you know best how much you can handle and how needy your friends or family might be uh it really again like with any other typical client it really comes down to the onboarding um if if you're very very clear like you have to be very very clear about your your working hours and like having a contract and and making them sign a contract and making them understand that that yeah you can let's say design a logo for them and their business they're starting but in like you are a business and that you're not just oh somebody's kid sister or whatever that can just whip something up for them quickly like you need to be firm in your in your professional standing and 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 say like yeah I'd love to design this logo for you here are my prices here is my package here's like the contract and you know treat them like you would any other client and then when they come back at you or if they come back at you and they're like oh well like can you not just do this for free then you can say no because this is this is my business this is my livelihood this is how I pay my rent and pay my bills every month so you can handle it that way and say like no I don't do free work for family and friends and you should never do free work for family and friends um you can say it that way and then if they're like oh well I can't afford this then then that's fine then you have a choice to make you can give them a friends and family discount or you can decide to take on the project if you have time and it's something that excites you or you can pass and refer them to somebody else and just say unfortunately I don't have time for this right now with my schedule and my other paying clients or I don't have time for pro bono work right now or I don't have I've you know I've maxed out my charity free work offerings this year or whatever what however you need to phrase it you can just politely professionally kindly say no I I don't have the capacity to take this on right now but 
here's somebody who might or um, refer them to maybe a more affordable option or whatever, right? So, and it can be tough, right? Those conversations are tough because it's your friends and family, but you need to treat it as you would any other client coming at you, you know? I think sometimes it's easier said than done, isn't it? With with Mm. like putting your foot down and that kind of thing. Because I think we've both had experiences where we've done some things out of scope and it's not on the contract and having to say like I'm not doing any more work right now or this is out of scope it can be difficult because you do just want to please who you're working with like that's why we do what we do we want to make people happy and you know provide this great service but like you said if more people start doing it and setting those boundaries it will change the industry expectations and standards so hopefully things will you know start to get better with that mm-hmm. and also like you mentioned the like friends and family discount and i know that like everyone does like mates rates and that kind of thing but at the same time it always feels a bit icky to me because it should be that like our friends and family should have the respect for us that they can see okay this is what she's charging this is for a reason because of her worth her skill experience xyz okay i'm gonna pay that like just because i know you why should i have to lower myself Mm -hmm. to help you out Mm -hmm. you know Totally. Uh, I only do, like personally, I only do friends and family discounts it's specific on the project and just specific on what, like what that person is maybe even going through or, or whatever. So um, I think for me, it's like if I don't even, to be honest, I don't even think I've really had any issues with this because I'm very, I try to be very upfront with what I'm able to to take on capacity wise, but I don't think I've ever, like personally, and I know I'm, I'm probably very lucky in this situation, I've never had any of my friends or family like abuse my services. If they want me for something, they'll hire me for something. And um, I know that if, if they do, if they do come and I'm, and I know maybe because I am friends or family, if I, if I am maybe more inclined to know their financial situation or, or if it's just a project that I'm excited to do and I have the time to do, then, then that's where those things kind of come into play. So that's where the challenge in answering that question is, is it's so personal and specific, right? I also know a handful of like design friends who, who absolutely will not do a friends and family rate or a mates rate. I love that by the way. That's really, that's (laughs) mates rate. That's cute. Um, and that's because they've been burned too many times in the past, right? I might get to that point eventually, maybe in the future, if 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 I ever feel like I'm getting burned and I'm not being taken seriously. But I've been really fortunate where my friends and family have always taken me seriously and will and don't don't bat an eye when I when I send them a quote. You know, they're they're like, oh, okay, yeah, and and that's just because I've positioned myself as a professional. You know, where yeah. I'm just not I'm not someone in the family who likes to doodle it's i'm a professional and this is my business so flipping mm -hmm, i'm a businesswoman uh so i think (laughs) i think even more important uh the reason why i am in this position is because i worked really hard before i launched full-time freelance to make everyone aware that this was my livelihood and my profession so i think that that's really key as well is to maybe avoid the awkward family and friends conversations that might plague you is to be super upfront with them before you even launch freelance full-time you know if you're in a position right now where you're considering that going full-time freelance start having those conversations with your friends and family now 
you know, because setting they, those expectations. Mm-hmm, exactly. Because they will have your best interests at heart, you know, true friends and family, obviously they will support you. They will, they will reference you to no, like to no end. They will, your they will be your biggest advocates, you know, and you want to set them up in that position to, to know how much you charge for things and to know what your, your worth is and what the value is you bring to the table so that when they are referring you to people, they can already potentially like weed out the ones that aren't going to be worth working with because your friends or family that are referring you have already told them what your prices are and, and already. So it's, you just have to be strategic and smart about it, you know, be upfront with everyone and let them know that these are your rates. Let them know that you're a professional and stand your ground. That's going to be the hardest part is to stand your ground ground. And if, if someone comes at you and they're like, well, but like we're buddies, you know, like when Susan from grade 10 cre- creeps out of the woodwork and you haven't spoken to her for 12 years and she's like, oh, hey, can you design me a logo for free? Because, you know, we were pals in high no. school. Be like, who? What? No. She probably bullied not. you as well. Being realistic. <laughs> <laughs> like, absolutely not. You need to stand your ground. And and trust me, it's so hard to do the first time. But once you've done it the first time, it becomes easier and you can start to switch up your onboarding a little bit to reflect to reflect um those those boundaries moving forward. But yeah, friends and family yeah. can be very personal, obviously can be quite a pickle, but you just gotta be strict about where your boundaries are personally and where where the balance is for you in your life and your business the more you enforce the boundaries the more natural it becomes anyway like I hated having those conversations at beginning about setting my boundaries but the more I did it the more I felt like yeah I am a businesswoman like I'm running my business I'm not just you know available all the time and now I feel good I feel empowered and I felt really like strong Mm -hmm. to start progressing in my business I think the other flip side of the friends and family thing is starting your business from home what Mm. like living with family Mm -hmm. or even if you don't live at home and like having your own business and you know your friends and family might not get it and they might not understand that like I'm not home all day to like you know do stuff around the house I'm not available to go to the shop all the time for you and stuff like I'm home because this is my office so I haven't got any choice about that so I think that's another area to set boundaries is having a conversation that like okay I am at home but I am working and I'm busy like I'm not here just you know sitting around watching Bridgerton for eight hours I'm (laughs) I'm doing work aren't we though let's be honest (laughs) I mean it might be on in the background while I'm working (laughs) yeah that's really oh that's really critical home office and I think the one saving grace with like COVID, right, where mostly everyone was working from home is people start to understand, appreciate and develop more of a a home office attitude. Mm. Some really healthy ways, again, you can mitigate that where if you are still living at home, obviously in your bedroom is your office or you've got a home office partitioned in your home and you're living with other people or whatever, uh, a really healthy, good way to, to handle all this again rightly so is just have a conversation from the beginning let everyone know like these are my working hours these are my do not disturb hours and like have that flat out conversation for me something that has been hugely helpful is sticky notes on the door I literally have I couldn't find like a sticky note so I wrote on a bit of kitchen roll that I'm recording Mm -hmm. (laughs) stuck to my bedroom door yeah 
I have the But everyone's same been thing. pretty good. Mm-hmm. Everyone's been pretty good though. Like everyone's pretty respectful and like after having those conversations, it's like, okay, my family now get that I'm working. If I say I'm working, it's not just like, oh yeah, yeah. It's like no. They understand now that I'm very busy, like I have a lot of client work and I haven't got time to go do this, that and the other. So definitely having those conversations is so key. Communication is key. Mm communication is always key and exactly just having those those having having a conversation using like visual indicators like a sticky note on your door that says like stop do not enter recording whatever you're you're doing um i've seen some really cool ones where people will have like it'll be like a like a green square which means like yes you can you can come in i need one right or a red square that's like do not come in do not knock do not disturb so you you have to create again those systems that that maybe are a visual indicator and it really is key and then the third step is if if you've had this conversation with your friends and family um you've got visual indicated in visual indicators my gosh i cannot speak today with you know your hours (laughs) on the on your bedroom door or whatever and you're still being disturbed you're still being disrupted you're still not being respected in your home office as a business owner as a business person then you need to have another like tough love conversation with your family and say like like I just say exactly that I don't feel taken seriously I don't feel respected I don't feel valued in what I'm trying to accomplish for myself because of these types of interruptions you know and just say like what are some other systems we can we can work together with to make sure that I'm not being disrupted in my in my day and it's really challenging as a freelancer because especially with COVID, like if you're working your nine to five, but just at home, there's still that perception from your family where you're like, oh, they're, they're working their job. But as soon as you're a freelancer working from home, it's like, it's just that different perception. So I think that these conversations are really important because it'll start to shift that perception and let people know like, yes, okay, my office is at home, but that doesn't mean my work is any less valuable than, than everybody else working their day jobs. Yeah, I think like one thing that really helped me in the conversation I had with my family was to say like if I was doing this job in an office, I wouldn't I wouldn't physically be in the house to do those things. So why is it any different? Mm-hmm. Just because of where I'm situated, it shouldn't make a difference. Mm-hmm. I'm still doing the same work. Mm-hmm. Um but I mean, it's really easy though to, you know, take on too much work and you know, stretch yourself too thin and then with that comes burnout. Yes. And I was literally just going to bring that up too, where aside from setting external boundaries and external um, habits into practice to to let, you know, clients and friends and family aware of, of you know, what your hours are and that kind of stuff, you, you internally need to have balance and boundaries too. Because, oh, yeah, 100%. Oh, yes. Especially freelancing. Like it is so easy to sit at your computer and stay at your computer and work until midnight every day because you're just kind of in the flow and in the zone, but you have to be really strict, equally strict with yourself internally for the the balance and the boundaries. If your set hours are, let's say eight to four, get out of that working space by 4 p.m. You know, finish your work at 4 p.m. Unless you're on a rush or some critical deadline or something like something that needs to get done that day, stop. 4 p.m. hits, turn your computer off, leave you know, because we can get stuck in that like hamster wheel of just go, 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 because you're, you're at home, you're comfortable, you're working, you know, but if you expect people to take you 
seriously from an external standpoint, then you need to take yourself seriously from an internal standpoint and be like, okay, my workday is now done. I need that time outside of the office to refresh, recruit, just be a human being and have a life, mm. you know? Um, something that I said. You won't be able to. Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. I was going to say, like, what we spoke about habits on the last episode, but it'll be impossible to implement these new habits and, like, reach your goals and do all these other things if you're doing everything for everyone else instead of looking after yourself. Like, there has to be that balance of doing things for you and doing things for other people. And you will go insane and you will you will have a breakdown like sometimes it gets too much I think a few weeks ago I just I knew I was getting closer and closer to my limit and then I reached it and I had literally the worst day like so many things went wrong mm-hmm. and I was like if I'd just taken those breaks if I just like said mm-hmm. okay I'm, I'm done for today and not keep pushing myself or you know doing things I shouldn't have been doing like out of scope then I probably wouldn't have got to that point but at the same time it is still good to get to that point where you burn out because then you could recognize your limits and recognize that okay now I I can't do that again Mm -hmm. and it will help you start to put those habits in place and those boundaries and say okay I'm I'm not I'm not going to allow myself to get into that place again totally which is the flip side again of being a freelancer is typically when you're working your day job you have managers you have directors you have co-workers to like help carry the load when you're a freelancer, it's you and you alone. So yeah. you have to be, you have to hold yourself at the utmost highest level of respect. You have to have so much more respect for yourself to to put these things in place. Because yeah, if you, if you burn out, that gives you good learning lessons and you know what not to do in the future. But at the same time, like we don't want to get to that point where we're burning out frequently because no it's again it's not healthy it's not fun you're not living a happy good lifestyle and you're not respecting yourself and what you're able to achieve so being upfront with your communications and and holding yourself to a higher level um what's one thing um that you do to keep balance in your life as a freelancer well I mean like I said I haven't been so good at it the last few weeks because I did have that burnout period but Um, I was pretty good at a time of saying, okay, I'm switching off at four, at five, and I'd manage my Google calendar. So I'd look at my workload and schedule myself for the week. And then I could say, okay, I'm done at this time in the evening. I'm done. Um, So I think that's one thing that I just need to get back into the habit of doing. Um, So yeah, how about you? That's awesome. Yeah, I think that's really good is being able to switch off at a specific time. Uh, for me, the biggest thing that I started implementing these last few months, actually, that is honestly been a lifesaver is what I call screen-free Sundays. So The worst day of the week. <laughs> worst day of the week for you. But for me, screen-free Sundays is essentially no digital on Sundays. So for a full 24 hours, usually it's around like later Saturday evening to later to ladder later Sunday evening <laughs> but it's a full day of no digital screens no computer no iPad no phone no TV like I don't look at anything digital and it is being honestly uh, this is gonna sound so cringe but like life-changing <laughs> it's been so so good for me personally and my balance with life and work because I find that especially this year with everything being so digital and like zoom meetings and 
just being a creative working on a computer every day in general I find like you're you know you're you get the eye fatigue you get eye strain you get just general general fatigue in general and general fatigue in general looking at screens all the time (laughs) and so for me cutting all that out for the one day a week when I turn my computer back on on Mondays it's I feel so much more recharged and ready to tackle my work week and I'm like excited on Mondays because I'm like oh I've had my break and it's like just feels like a proper break to the week and then it gives me the time to catch up on some of the tangible stuff that I always tell myself I want to do and never have time to do so sketching in my sketchbook with a pencil like you know the what's that i know the archaic form of of creating art <laughs> mark making yeah so it's, and then it, you get to start you get to start your week in the best way by having like 15 whatsapp messages from me missing you all weekend because my habit is to let you know what i'm doing at every moment of the day apparently so i still do that on sundays yeah so i think for me that's been really really important because it allows me to connect with myself it allows me the time to work on tangible things to catch up on reading if there's books I want to read to go outside to you know spend time with um with like the pets (laughs) and like just connect to my to myself and be grounded in my life so those days are really really important because it allows me that disconnect and I first heard about this idea and what made me start implementing it was um I was listening to an episode of Design Matters with Debbie Millman another fantastic podcast all you creatives that you need to listen to and her guest of the show um was Tiffany Schlain and she was talking about um 24-6 which is a book she wrote so a book she wrote called 24-6 and it's it's the power of unplugging for one day in the week and so that was um, a book that that another book that I was like, oh, this is a really great, perfect, wonderful idea. Highly recommend. Um, and those moments of unplugging can look different for everyone. For me, it's screen free Sundays and I don't look at any digital screens for 24 hours. For some people, it might be unplugging for one hour a day in their week or whatever. Right. But I think I think unplugging and taking a step back and having that type of balance in your life is really, really important. And for me, it's made a world of difference. So, yeah, I don't think I'd ever be able to, well, I'd say never say never. I don't think I'd be able to manage a full day without screens. And like, I just got an iPad and I want to start learning more digital art. So I'd be wanting to draw on my iPad. Um, but then I have got books I want to get through. So I think I might try at least have a few hours off or even half a day and have a go at it. Mm hmm and see how I get on maybe a new habit for the new year um so yeah do you have any key takeaways for this week I think the biggest takeaway when it comes to balance and boundaries is the internal balance and boundaries right like it's up to you as a freelancer to be responsible for your schedule and to be responsible for your time and to take yourself seriously right take yourself seriously with your business and set up those those guard those guard blocks and and so that everyone else can can take you just as seriously so take yourself seriously and follow your your own internal boundaries 
Yeah, if you respect yourself, then everyone has to respect you as well. Mm -hmm. Um, I think my my takeaway is to set expectations because no one's a mind reader. If they think they can speak to you, then they will. So setting expectations is, you know, vital pretty much in making sure that you don't go insane, to prevent burnout, to prevent awkward, difficult conversations. Um, But then at the same time, like sometimes those difficult conversations can help you grow. Um, But yeah, protecting yourself with expectations is great. Um, So yeah, any others? No, I think that's great. What's your truth for today? My truth for today is people just aren't going to get it sometimes and you have to stick by your boundaries for yourself and your sanity. If you give people an inch, they'll take a mile. Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. And going into next week's episode, we've got Amelia Ask Question. What have you got for us this week? All right. So to segue into next week's conversation, a hint, a hint. Uh, hint. Ask yourself this. If you're serving everyone... Are you truly serving anyone? Ooh. Ooh. Get those cogs turning. Yes. And don't forget to connect with us on Instagram. Check out our stories and our lives and everything because we post all this lovely, wonderful information there for you guys. And we want to engage with you and, you know, hear some of these questions and some of these answers that you guys have spinning around in your head. So make sure to check us out at Attention Podcast on Instagram. Until next time. Until next time. (laughs) (laughs) Ta-ta. Thank you so much for listening. Is your brand struggling to create impact with your audience? Are you in need of a solid brand strategy for your business? Connect with me at ameliannashdesign.com. If you're in need of a brand or social strategy that allows you to connect with your audience and grow organically on social media, then you can find me at divinecreative.co.uk. Did you know that you can also engage with us on Instagram? Myself at Amelia Nash Design and Taisha at Divine Creative underscore. And check out our Attention Podcast profile on Instagram too, at Attention Podcast. That's A-T-T-N Podcast, where we share recent episode clips, new episode releases, and other raw reality bits. Also, we'd really appreciate it if you left us a like and a review on whichever podcast platform you're using, as this helps others like you find us. Do you have any questions for us? Want us to touch on a specific topic? Please email us at attentionpodcast. That's A-T-T-N podcast at gmail.com. Remember, pay attention and stay safe out there. Until next time. Bye. Bye.